0: You are listening to South Niagara Conversations, a podcast presented by the South Niagara Chambers of Commerce, along with 105.1 The River and 101.1 More FM.
1: Well, hello, and thanks to everyone who's joined us for our South Niagara Conversation series. For those of you who are tuning in from afar, we represent the communities of Fort Erie, Niagara Falls, Fort Coburn, Waynefleet, Welland, and Pelham. We're located in southern Ontario, no better place to live, work, or play. Joining me today is my guest co-host, Jeff Neal. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? Good
2: morning, Dolores. Doing great. Sunny day in South Niagara.
1: Love it. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It is a beautiful sunny day, and so there's nothing to complain about. Uh, This morning, we've got some local superstars, Jeff. It's uh, three unique businesses uh, to discuss some of their experiences over the past year, as well as some of the very cool opportunities that they've pursued. This is gonna be a real interesting conversation because we're going to hear the the good, the bad, and the ugly. Jeff, who do we have joining us this morning?
2: We've got Andy Merson from Niagara Craft Distilleries, Dave Norquist from Mini Wargaming, and Sarah LaCherty from Raw Materials Company. We're gonna to start today by letting them provide a brief description of their companies. So we'll go in that order. Andy, you tell us what uh, your company does.
3: Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Dolores. Uh, thanks for having us on this morning. Um, so yeah, my name is Andy. Um, I'm one of the co-founders of Niagara Falls Craft Distillers. Uh, we're a distillery and manufacturer of <coughs> alcohol beverages uh, based in Niagara Falls, uh, Stanley Avenue to be precise. Uh, we've been going since 2017 and uh, proud to be part of the uh, Niagara community. Um, our business is, we have, uh, we do two things, Jeff. Uh, first of all, we, we manufacture our um, own distilled spirit products like uh, vodka and gin and whiskey. I think Dolores has had a couple of gins in the past at our facility. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, we've had some challenges and some upside through the uh, the COVID pandemic um, with that, that, part, that particular business, which we'll discuss. Uh, another thing we do is uh, we do manufacturing of product for other people, uh, so a lot of brands that you'll see in LCBO get manufactured at our facility, and um, and that's been a lot of fun getting to know some new people and seeing some and some different creative ideas. So, uh, we are we basically do a lot of distilled products, and we're delighted to be part of uh, the community.
2: Very interesting. No, uh, no gin this morning, right, Dolores?
1: <laughs> uh, absolutely not. No,
2: <laughs> David, tell us about mini wargaming. Uh,
0: good morning, guys. Thank you for having me on the call. Uh, yeah, I. I'm a YouTuber. Uh, my business partner and I, are uh, uh, we make videos about miniature tabletop wargaming, hence the name Mini Wargaming. So what we do is essentially we play board games and we record ourselves playing board games with each other and with guests that come from all over the world now. And we upload them to YouTube and we also upload the videos to our site. And we have a membership site where people support us. And uh, in addition to this, we have a hotel in Welland where people can stay and they are themed rooms like our studio. So we have a total of six studios and they are themed like settings in the game that we play. So there's a fantasy themed room and a sci-fi themed room and a post-apocalyptic room. And the same thing goes for the hotel suites. They're also themed that way. So when gamers come and visit us from all over the world, they stay in the rooms that they play in the, the armies that they play on the tabletop and then they get immersed in the world that they, that they play. And so that's uh, primarily what our business is. Uh, we are also delving into a game creation right now, which we can talk more about later, but um, that's the gist of what we do.
2: The building looks phenomenal from the outside. I still haven't been in in the four years you guys have been there, but at some point. Plus, I'll make... You're welcome, welcome anytime. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sarah, how about you?
4: Uh, morning, everyone. Um, I work for a family of companies in Port Colborne. Uh, Raw Materials Company is uh, a battery recycling company. We process alkaline batteries on site at our facility. In addition to that, we offer recycling programs for mercury bearing waste and hazardous waste, uh, electronics. Um, I also work for International Metal Salvage and we do ferrous and non-ferrous metal recycling. Um, And also Iron Earth Canada, which is an all natural soil remineralizer, um, which is uh, in stores uh, throughout Niagara.
2: Very nice. Okay, we're going to start the conversation now. And a wide open question. What was the biggest challenge you faced heading into the pandemic? And we'll go in reverse order. So Sarah...
4: Okay, um, you know, uh, one of, probably the biggest challenge for our company um, was just adapting right off the hop. Um, we were very fortunate to be deemed essential in the beginning, which was really great for everyone. We were all really grateful to be able to keep our jobs and continue to service the public, um, but it was adapting to the new way. Um, unfortunately, um, due to the nature of our business, we weren't able to do a lot of remote working. Um, you can't receive material or sort material from home. Um, So everyone had to be on site at all times. So um, taking those special new procedures and protocols in place and implementing all of those. um, And then, you know, just trying to service our sites. Um, In Ontario, battery sales went through the roof during the pandemic. So there was more batteries than ever out there. Um, People had more time on their hands to actually um, look for recycling opportunities. Um, And then for us to try to service those sites and We do have uh, a lot of public collections. We have over 5,000 public collections in Ontario. Um, Majority of those were closed during the pandemic. Um, So, and when they were open, um, trying to service them was tricky. Um, You know, I have my driver waiting in line with everybody else to, you know, do a curbside pickup. (laughs) Um, And courier, um, we had a lot of courier issues as well, just because of the volume with courier shipments. Um, but it was just, I think our biggest challenge was just um, adapting to the new way um, of servicing our sites and, and finding new opportunities to service.
2: Great. Thanks. Well, Dave, you talked about six hotel rooms. So I got a feeling I know where this is going, but um, tell us about your biggest challenge heading into the pandemic.
0: Oh, well, uh, you know, it's interesting, Sarah, you should say that uh, uh, your experience is actually kind of the reverse of what uh, we experienced because we were not essential. And so we had to shut down uh, right away. So we were all at home having to work from home. Uh, but we were able to figure out how to work remotely with each other and how to make videos, uh, with each other and kind of at home in home settings. Uh, my wife learned the game that I play and which I never thought that she would. In uh, in the 15 years that I've been doing it, uh, but she's like, Dave, if uh, if I have to learn how to play Warhammer, and if that means saving the business, then I'll, I'll learn how to play Warhammer, <laughs> uh, which was kind of a dream come true for me. Uh, so we made video series together, and then also um, some of our employees had to work from home and doing tutorials on how to assemble and paint the, the miniatures. And so we had to actually come up with new content that we don't normally produce, uh, but because so many other channels in our hobby space in our industry they were also having to do similar things the audience was very receptive and very appreciative of the fact that we were still trying to do something to um, contribute to the community and because there were so many more people at home watching videos and having time on their hands we actually saw an increase of traffic about 40 percent uh, so it was a combination of us doing things and innovating at home and really trimming the fat to see how we can make things more efficient, what we absolutely didn't need, uh, what what we didn't need uh, in the business and what we could do without and what we could uh, just focus on. And so we were able to really streamline our processes and make things a lot more efficient and at the same time grow. Actually, we grew in our uh, memberships and and our uh, monthly subscriptions and we grew in traffic.
2: Andy. Oh, there you are.
3: Um, yeah, we um, we I'll I'll go right back to the re- reverse and say that uh, we were also deemed an essential business. In fact, we we had to go through two um, fairly significant hurdles over the course of the uh, the start of the pandemic. So to start off with, uh, we were deemed an essential service uh, in terms of alcohol manufacture. Uh, we were again uh, very grateful for that, that for that that opportunity because we wanted to you know keep our our production plant open, keep the jobs in play. Um, we, uh, however, we very quickly the first issue we had is is that we expected all the main sources of our production volume to basically shut down, and that indeed happened. So hotels, bars, restaurants, it was a, a big a big uh, customer of our uh, of some of our products, they all obviously closed down. Um, the LCBO, um, I didn't close down, but it was much more difficult for us to do business with the LCBO in terms of being able to go in and, and talk to customers and consumers and do sampling. So that had a material effect on our business. Thirdly, um, the ability to export, and we had lined up some um, exporting orders into the Far East markets and and also to some parts of the US. That was also closed down as well with Mm -hmm. uh, some significant border restrictions. So we had some fairly uh, challenging start. Um, The one thing that we could sell without restriction was operating line time. And so we took the opportunity to go and and find some more uh, clients to, to basically produce their products in our pro- and our production lines, and and that kept us going and helped us. Um, so that helped us going through the first part. Then the next phase we had uh, was tied to a business we'd not been in before, and that was sanitizer. Um, so Dylan's, uh, they're one of our uh, com- you know I guess our compatriots in the uh, in the, the local market did an exceptional job at the outset of the pandemic. Uh, donating uh, sanitizer to the local community, and so we we thought it was a very good idea, so we followed suit on that. We were active in the local community, donating sanitizer sanitizers to much needed non profit charities, but we also found some custom as well, um, and we had a, a good couple of months of doing manufacturing our sanitizer, um, and then supply chain. Uh, we, came back online for the big customers so we we had our second problem and that uh basically sanitizer business dried up for a lot of the, the small distillers and brewers across all of Canada never mind Niagara um further uh, further exacerbate, exacerbated by um candidly uh, I don't want to get political but there was a government decision to to take a A close to four hundred million dollar contract to uh, uh, an offshore company, which enabled a lot of companies in our position. We're sitting on a lot of inventory that we couldn't sell, so we had a second problem we had to overcome um, in terms of you know uh, trying to figure out how we 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 manage to sanitize a business that we don't get ourselves into. Um, How we've uh, dealt with it is basically go back to our core. Um, We've. Going out there and focused on manufacturing of, of alcohol, we've we've su- we successfully sold the line time. And as the market is beginning to open up in terms of conditions, as we get into early 2021, 20, we started to get a bit a better performance going into LCBO. And then as we get to the, the back end of the year, our export sales are beginning to open up again. We're back in bars and restaurants. So it has been a tough 18 months for the industry and, and no different for our business. Um, and what I would say is that a very overused word has been the word pivot. And, and we pivoted about three or four times during the course of the last 18 months to make sure that we can continue to grow, uh, sustain, keep our jobs, um, and stay safe within this environment. So it's been a very interesting 18 months for everybody, ourselves uh, ourselves included.
1: Yeah, like these are three really interesting stories because you've all had to, you've all said, you know, we trimmed, we changed, we pivoted, we reevaluated, we refocused. And you know, we talk about all of the bad things about this pandemic, but there are nuggets of, of, of good things. And I think for business, it really forced us, forced us to look at things differently and to really um, make some changes. Um, does anybody want to talk about maybe what some of the biggest changes that, that you had to make that, that maybe, you know, you wouldn't have ever thought, yeah we're going to go in this direction or, or, or do something like this. I mean, I guess for you, David, you, you kind of touched on it, um, you know, playing from, from, from home. Right. And, yeah. is, and is that something that moving forward you guys will, will continue to do uh,
0: now that we're able to be back in the studio. Uh, we hope to not have to do that. Uh, but uh, in the event that we have to do that in the future, we know that we can do that. Right, which was which was nice to know, uh, and we also discovered that we are, in terms of the types of businesses that we are classified as, we're classified as a film and television business because it's entertainment based, it's media, uh, which we didn't know before because we're we make YouTube videos, and so that's right. kind of it feels like it it's not film and television, but it, it is in terms of like where where we fall, uh, and so we've had to every time they made. Uh, they would make restrictions and changes. We would have to kind of see, all right, how does this affect us? And do we have to go back home again? And uh, luckily we didn't have to. Uh, and, and then there was other things like, do we wear masks in videos? Uh, do we have to maintain social distance in videos? And right. and then we discovered that we didn't have to, because it's the same as being on a film set uh, because film production was still continuing. Um, and uh, when you're in a film, obviously you, whatever the scene happens to be is is what it is. And so you're not going to have masks all the time. And, uh, and so just little uh, kind of, uh, as the word was being thrown around, we were pivoting along the way, right? Right. make little adjustments and changes.
1: Right. Right. And and Sarah, you have such an interesting personal story. Um, so Sarah, you know, works for this family of companies in Port Coburn, which is a a beautiful town here in, in South Niagara city, actually. And, um, where, where are you
4: this morning, Sarah? Tell, tell mm. us what, what's been going on with you. Um, well, prior to the pandemic, um, I am in sales. So I did a lot of traveling. I was on the road um, at least three days a week, sometimes four or five. Um, and yeah, traveling across Ontario, traveling everywhere, Um and then when the pandemic hit, no one wanted to see me anymore. <laughs> so um, all of the presentations that um, presentations and conversations I had had to be turned to remote. Um, it was a big transition for us um, We work with a lot of municipalities and municipalities have very strict um, guidelines about, uh, you know, working from home procedures and um, so everyone I and continue to talk to wants to meet remotely. Um, it's been awesome, to be honest. Um, it's all way more efficient. Um, it's great for our environment. Um, we're cutting down our, our greenhouse gas emissions with all the travel. Um, you know, obviously we're saving money, but time-wise, um, I can have a meeting in Toronto, in Sudbury, um, and the U.S. all in one day and, um, and, and sit from, from my home. And so it also gave me the opportunity, um, to move. Um, and so right now I am in Cape Breton and, um, working for Port Coburn still, Mm um, But yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, it's one of those things that we had to learn how we do work from home and how, um, how we're still able to communicate effectively with our customers and our clients and, um, you know, develop all of these, these presentations um, that we would normally do uh, in person. Um, I am now doing school presentations uh, with classes and with schools and um, all of that would be in person normally. So it's uh, the, pandemic has really changed the way we do some of our work um, but I would say it is definitely a good a good change um, uh, it's great for the environment um, and it, it changes the way and, and how you effectively communicate with others
1: yeah yeah I mean it, it really changed your entire life because you you packed up your three kids your two dogs your cat and your husband and you, you yeah. made the 20-hour trek Uh, out to Cape Breton and and there you are and you're still you know working at a job that you love Mm -hmm. and um just a totally different lifestyle that probably wouldn't have happened no right
4: no I would never have been able to do this normally um because yeah again I'm on the road and I'm I'm physically seeing people um but because of the pandemic yes this opportunity was available um and I was able to do it and I'm, I'm very grateful for it because um, it is nice. I've been working for Raw Materials for the last uh, 11 years now. Um, so to get up and move across the country and change my job would be um, a, a drastic, more drastic change. So, um, yeah. but I'm able to do everything that I, I normally could do. And again, thanks to the pandemic. So,
1: right. And we, we don't hear those words too often, right? No. no. <laughs> so yeah.
2: anyway, I'm representing... Kate Breton this morning with my shirt, which you can't see. I've got a, a Cabot uh, golf shirt on.
4: Celtic pride there. That's awesome. <laughs>
2: Absolutely.
4: That's fantastic.
1: Andy, I want to bring you back into the conversation. I was having a conversation with, um, oh, it was uh, one of our other series. And we were talking to um, one of the people from Greaves Jams. And they were saying that w- their biggest challenge was glass containers, and um, I, I can imagine, I mean, you know, the best gin comes in a glass container, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, the best gin, Niagara Falls Distillers Craft Gin, absolutely. Right. Uh, yeah, the, the biggest challenge we've seen as we uh, as we come out over the pandemic, and, you know, it's, a, it's probably the wrong word for us to use from our business, but we're definitely seeing a, a hangover effect into to running a, a general business right now. Uh, the biggest issue we have is, is undoubtedly getting our, our hands on, and certain raw materials at the right time and the, at the right price we 've seen tremendous fluctuation in and, and prices of cans and the price uh, price of bottle. Most of it is driven by the freight price, uh, depending where it 's coming in from, either from uh, Asian markets or from the u s but it 's been extremely difficult for us to uh, to provide ourselves uh, with the appropriate um, uh, raw materials. To give you an example, um, we've we're we're about to we ha- made a commitment in our business to produce our, our own proprietary bottle. Um, so we took it off. We work with a Canadian company, um, the ticket manufacturer um, offshore, uh, to get that that product we placed and paid for the order in December and we finally got the bottles and the first week in October. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we asked the, the supplier to do a repeat order, they said, yeah, no problem. We'll see, we'll, we'll, we'll touch it down in 13 months from now. So we're constantly having to go out there and, and find so as a as a as a business, we redeployed one of our existing team members to be to look after inventory and, and procurement. And whereas that was not a, a full-time position, our company has now become full-time, just to make sure that we're we're a- ahead of the um of the supply chain, mm-hmm. that we're not gonna short customers, that our clients can stay into business day and with their raw materials. But yeah, the 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 experience that one of your other members um, described to you is, is very, very real and very very problematic for us. Mm-hmm. And we, candidly, we don't see that um, refle- any re- reflecting any change within our six six to nine months, we, we still think that's going to happen. So we're having to kind of monitor it, and it is having an impact on uh, a lot of things like, you know, cash and warehousing and supply and, mm-hmm. and demand. So it is, it is, quite frankly, one of the biggest challenges we have uh, right now within our, our industry.
1: So can you... I mean, can you use other kinds of of containers? Like, I mean, I guess glass would be optimal. But but is there any thinking or innovation around different types of of what's the word I'm looking for, Jeff?
2: Well, Dolores, I think you're talking about drinking wine out of a box, and, <laughs> which I never. And that's more of a well in thing than anywhere else. <laughs>
3: Um, there are they're definitely a source of innovation that we're looking at uh, doing we're, we're working with. Now we're fortunate that one of our other partners that we have within the chamber, um, I'll, I'll publicly mention is it, a bonded warehouse of BW Canada. They're a very close mm-hmm. partner of ours. Uh, they've actually been working very closely with us to find alternate, alternate solutions and supply solutions for us. Um, and so, uh, it's, 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 it, to answer your specific question, it can be quite challenging to make an, a significant change uh, to products which are, are being produced and sold in the masses, mm-hmm. um, and particularly where there is an industry norm expectation where you know gin comes in glass and. And, and alcohol the coolest comes in cans. Um, so we are looking at options to do this, but where we become more successful is actually work within the chamber and the members and help us find solutions to our problems. Um, so as it pertains right now, we haven't shorted any existing customers in terms of supplying of cans or bottles. We're just scrambling every day to to find an alternate supplier uh, to help us get there. Um, and as I said, you know, it, it's we expect us to go for the next six two nine months. It's just going to be a very difficult uh, time for the uh, packaging goods industry for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that's a huge challenge for for a number of folks. Um, are any of you experiencing labor challenges? Because we're hearing through our chamber network that across the board, that is a huge huge problem for um, employers right now, and and we don't see any relief um, in sight. Does anybody want to? Want to talk to that at all?
4: We um well we are also having supply issues uh, along with Andy. Um, we uh, we we have containers. Uh, we have plastic pails um, that we've been having trouble sourcing. We have um, drums. We go through a lot of drums, um, particularly uh, fourth quarter every year. All of our curbside programs are running, and we go through. Uh, hundreds, and hundreds of hundreds of drums and we've been having some some crazy supply issues and the price of all of our supplies has drastically increased um resin costs for the plastic um our you know our pails that uh, have really literally doubled in price for us um so we have gotten creative and we are trying to reuse as many materials as we can um we're trying to, to source other reusable materials so that we can um you know, continue to, to use our supply, but on top of the the supply issues, yes, we definitely have um, labor issues as well. Just um, uh, it, we've had a few problems just because you know um, people are are very happy staying home if they are on on Serb or collecting CERB. they're happy to, to be there, and it's hard to find those those positions right now for sure. Yeah.
2: There's an interesting uh, double-edged sword with these labor issues, with, with the mobility and work from home that people have. So now a company in Port Coburn can attract labor from all over the country. Sarah, you're you're obviously in Cape Breton. Um, so if they're recruiting, they can look nationally. But then you have the flip side that their employees could be poached by Toronto employers or Vancouver employers that are willing to pay a higher wage. Um, yeah. So I, I think the labor market is going to get really interesting going forward and it, not necessarily in a good way for most businesses.
3: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Rel- uh, we find we um, find during the course of summer. So summer for, for, peak production for us is uh, really between the months about March till about September. Um, as we, you know, we we help our customers get their products ready for the LCBO shelves and and for the May two weekend and then subsequent uh, sub- provide supply over the course of summer, all the way through to about uh, Labor Day and, and maybe beyond. We found labour over the course of summer was very difficult to um, retain and recruit, uh, recruit and retain um, and expensive as well. We did have some problems um, as we've come into the shoulder season. And, and maybe it's because of what's the changes in the We find that it's the, the problems are subsiding a little. Um, and I, what I would say is that we do have a very good team. Uh, we've a team with us now for about three years at our, our facility, and um, we've got a lot of uh, of, of people who've been there a long time. We're delighted to see. So we do have a the core of our business is very good. And so, what we've done with our business is we've just we've made sure that on the of the, the critical roles within our business, we've put the core people that have been loyal with us um, into those positions, the important positions. Where we've had the opportunity, we, we've had uh, more transient labour or more transient positions, and then yeah, we've struggled there. Sometimes we have had to go to um, third-party recruitment companies um, to help us. So we've had some difficulties, but I, I would say that I think it's beginning to to soften a little bit. Um, now, that said, I think when the uh, market completely opens up in Niagara Falls and, and all the, uh, is all the uh, restrictions uh, uh, ease, and the casinos and the bars and restaurants uh, open up, I, I suspect we'll have some challenges as we get into next spring and next summer. Um, uh, but as, but we're we're trying to plan ahead for that already in terms of the, of the positions and the contracts we put in place. But yeah, labor has been one of those issues we've had to kind of manage on a, m- a month by month, week by week basis as we as we went through the uh, our peak production times. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. And and David, I'm sure that you you have both supply uh, issues because you you guys have the you guys also make the uh, the pieces right, like the the game.
0: Uh, we don't. We don't make the pieces, uh, but we do, uh, purchase the pieces and, uh, there have been supply issues for that, uh, kind of like uh, on a global, uh, scale, right? The, the stores mm-hmm. all over, uh, in many continents, they can't get supply and they can't get it quickly or, uh, they sell out really quick and they can't get resupplied. Uh, and it's, it's interesting because, uh, in terms of the, the labor, uh, challenges Uh, we've recently hired a new video editor and so when we posted the job normally it would be a local posting right but uh what we did is we actually posted we made it available to anybody so if they lived in the uk and they wanted to apply they could uh if you know if they're on the west coast they could apply so uh, we actually got applications from all over for that and at that point it was the best person for the job uh, because people were willing to work remotely and or uh, relocate if needed. Um, And so uh, that plus also uh, additional content producers, uh, we've recently hired somebody or contracted actually uh, someone from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, which we never would have in the past because of, uh, we just never would have thought about it. Right. It's like, okay, who can we get? Who lives close? Uh, Who's within an hour? You know, that's, that seems pretty reasonable as a commute. Right. But now it's, it's a completely different way of thinking about it.
1: Yeah, and we really have to to wrap our brains around that because you know there's pros and cons for sure. Like Jeff said, it really opens it up to, to getting the best talent for for the specific roles. But then if you're in a position where you need people on site, um, and and many of us do, um, yeah, it, it is a it is a challenge. It's uh, just going to continue.
4: Now, Dolores, we had labor issues in Niagara prior to the yes. pandemic. So I think this has just escalated. The, the pandemic has just escalated the, the labor shortages. And those are across like all industries, all sectors are experiencing, um, or we were, it was a, a high topic of conversation pre-pandemic as well.
1: You're, you're right. And uh you, you actually participated in some of our conversations with various ministries to look at immigration and um and different ways of, of tackling the problem. Um and and as Andy mentioned in Niagara Falls, once the casino's up and running and all the attractions and, and all of the hotels and restaurants, um, it, it is going to get worse because even before the pandemic there were um a shortage of, of things like housekeepers and, and front desk reception and um all of that so yeah the the problem will get worse i'm sure and i'm sure we'll we'll have the conversation again uh on the podcast
2: this one's um, not going away anytime soon it's,
1: it's not and i feel like just this week alone i've had like five different conversations with five different groups about this very topic. Uh, and Jeff, I'm sure that you're hearing it from a Every lot of day. your clients.
2: Every day. Yeah. And, and some interesting and unique problems come out of it. And uh, when David said uh, contract made me much happier, but I start to twitch when people start talking about hiring employees in, in United States or in Europe and the business requirements with them, you're now paying payroll to an employee in another country so, do you need to remit source deductions in that other country and register as a business and blah blah blah? It's right. it. It gets a little crazy. But um, David said contract, uh, and that makes me feel much better. <laughs> Just <laughs> get an invoiced and pay his invoices and move on.
1: So you know what the point is, Jeff. The point is, if you're doing that, you need a really good accountant.
2: It is true. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely.
1: So I, I um. I want to get to some of the good stuff and some of the opportunities that you're seeing uh, or planning for as we, as we come out of um, the strange time. Um, who'd like to start with that?
0: I'll start.
1: Yeah. Go for it, David.
0: Okay, so are, are we talking about things that we're doing, things that we're moving forward? And
1: yeah, yeah. Things,
0: things that have sprung up? Uh, so in particularly in our industry, in the gaming tabletop gaming industry, there's semi new thing called 3d printing and 3d printing isn't a new thing because they, you know, there's car parts and kind of, you name it, everything is being 3d printed now, but particularly in the gaming industry where uh, specific file types called STLs are, which are 3d files can be made to create miniatures and designs of models. And anyone with a 3d printer, if they have the STL file, they can print it. And so normally When you see models, you buy them at the store or you order them online. But with the uh, the popularization of 3D printers, um, that's threatening a lot of the companies that make these models because there's a lot of talented sculptors, 3D sculptors out there who are creating uh, models or alternate versions of models that can be proxied in games. Uh, And so what we've done is we've partnered with another company who specializes in game design and creation. And uh, part of our uh, membership site currently involves uh, having access to additional content. But what we're delving into is actually making these uh, STL files available for our members where uh, if they want to print and play with them, they can. Uh, and this is uh, this is a huge thing that uh, a lot of companies are doing in the industry. They're creating membership sites where people have access to a new crop of designs that they can print and play with. Uh, and it's becoming more and more popular all the time. So we um, that's one of the things that we're delving into in a big way.
2: Is there any way to protect those files from ending up on like Thingiverse or another site like that? <clears throat> or are you just relying on the integrity of your customers?
0: I mean, it's a little bit of both. Uh, ultimately, there is no way of completely stopping it. Uh, or policing it because the internet's the internet and it can just spread like wildfire. Right. So, um, but something like thingiverse where that's a very big, well-known site uh, we can easily see if something is up there and then just uh, post a claim and, you know, get it taken down. So that's relatively easy, but the, I guess the sharing amongst friends or whatever, like you can't really stop that too much. Right. But uh, what we've found is uh, that's, that's all, there's always going to be a degree of that. There's always going to be a percentage of people that do that. So that's kind of, it's like pirating movies and downloading songs and stuff. It, it's always going to exist, but people want to be the first to get something. They want, they want it first before anyone else, right? Six weeks later, six months later, if, if they get these files for free, that's great, but they want to be the first to get it. So uh, the, the vast majority of people are willing to pay to get it first. Uh, and so that's what that's what we focus on because we're not going to be able to control all the other stuff.
1: Right. Very cool. Very cool. And and I can appreciate what you're saying about membership and and keeping it fresh and and um, you know innovative and and value add. Right. Because mm-hmm. as a chamber of commerce, we're in the same boat.
4: You know, you're always uh, looking ahead. Sarah, do you want to? Um, yeah. Tell I, us I, what- I mean, I think we're, I think Raw Materials Company is really excited about all the batteries that are in Ontario right now. And um, I think throughout the pandemic, more awareness has been created um, about where to recycle and how to recycle. Um, And uh, I mean, our curbside programs are all starting right now. Um, throughout Ontario and the majority of the m- municipalities um, have some of them have actually doubled their collections which is really really amazing. Um, it just says that you know with residents spring cleaning for the last 18 months they really are looking into different opportunities to see where they can recycle and what items are recyclable and um, and so I think that's really really cool and that's great for us and um, you know the more batteries diverted from our landfills. Uh, the better it is for our environment. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited about all the batteries out there and, and, um, you know, fingers crossed, we're not gonna have any more shutdowns and uh, we'll be able to continue to to service everyone. And yeah. Awesome. Yeah,
1: that's great. That's great. And Andy?
3: Yeah, I'd say there's three uh, three things that have come out uh, from, from us that has been really strong for uh, what we've learned. Number one is, um, as we look at the future of our business, it's, it, it's really helped us understand where we are and where we want to go with our business and what the plans are to get there. So we've had the opportunity and, you know, dare I say, uh, even some dare I say the time to put a bit of, uh, of forward planning into the business and to help redefine what we want to do, what we want to achieve and who we want to do it with. And so... You know, it's what it was we found was a, it was quite an arresting moment when, you know, you're you're operating a business as norm and then you get to March 2020 and, and then you're running, you're looking straight in the barrel of the fact you may have to shut the thing down for a couple of months because you don't think you get any custom um, because of, you know, like what's happening to David, a lot of if, if what happens if, if we come down essential and you have to close down. So, We've taken opportunity to really think think through how we want to kind of uh, grow and develop our business, and that that was something that uh, you you sometimes take for granted when you're when you're in the the day to day trenches, and you you're you're too busy looking at the uh, the, the, the the I guess the uh, the urgent as opposed to thinking through the important. So helping us get some uh, some more considered time and thought process for for three to five year strap plans helped. Um, second thing for us is. We've definitely seen uh, a, a significant shift over the course of the last eighteen months, where a lot of consumers of alcohol are looking for uh, different choices, and indeed are, are willing to support smaller, local, more personal businesses. Um, and that that that's not just in Niagara; that's that's all over the world. And and to give you an example, a lot of the manufacturing we do are for products that we we don't own, um, and the, but they're owned and run by you know s- smaller businesses local to Ontario um, some are local to Niagara region and the LCBO is showing much more favour to accepting these products into the market um, the co- consumer show showing much more favour to putting it into their repertoire and these companies don't have manufacturing locations like uh, the bigger operators so that helps us uh, you know, keep our, our, our lines operating with, with products which are, are deemed to be uh, from small, which are from smaller operators smaller companies and, and provide more of a local choice uh, and I say the third thing we've learned from this and this is probably by far and away the most important is is just recognizing the high quality talent that we have within our, our within our business. Um, again, sometimes you can take your, your people for granted and your staff for granted, but we've got our, in terms of our, our leadership and our plant manager, our operations director, or finance, our controller, our our, our, our local salesperson, um, our our customer/client person, or HR lead. We've got some very very talented people here in our business, and with 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 that people in mind, you you, you have this growing belief that anything is possible. Um, so we've Ultimately, come together as a team. Um, we operate with the same end, end goal and and play with it, the chance to kind of think through what that plan looks like, and then we're we're, we're supporting you know a changing consumer and customer demand, which is thinking through. I want more choice. I want uh, I want to hear better stories from smaller operators. I want to hear about people's you know life plans why they wanted to go and create you know a Moscow meal for an example. <coughs> Excuse me. So we've we definitely have uh, we got some sustainable uh, benefits, uh, coming out of the pandemic, which we think we can help our business continue to grow and within our community.
1: Yeah, that's, that's great. I, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, the small business enterprise center city of Niagara falls. Thank you for your support on the podcast. Do you have an idea for a small business?
0: Maybe you're trying to grow a business that you've already started. Whatever the case, the Niagara Falls Small Business Enterprise Center is a community service that is here to help. Offering
1: entrepreneurs the tools to start and grow their businesses, the Small Business Enterprise Center is your one stop for free business information and advice. Serving Niagara Falls and South Niagara, learn more about how we can help you and your business succeed at niagarafalls.ca/slash SBEC. Now, Andy, I want to come back to, to you. It's like music to my ears to hear you say that you took the time to figure out um, how you want to grow and, um, and, and just, you know, give some time to that. Because my biggest concern, and I've had this conversation with Jeff a few times, is that through this pandemic, um, a lot of businesses were just in survival mode, right? And there's, you know, subsidies and grants that, that, that the government is, is providing small business with, um, not just small business, but business with. And a lot of those businesses are just, okay, day to day, I got to, you know, just survive. And I worry that as we come out of this, um, they haven't given thought to how, how do I stay relevant post post pandemic? Like, where do I need to be? Where do I want to go? How am I going to grow this business? And, um, and to hear you say that that's, you know, what you took the time to do is, is fantastic because I think a lot of, um, and Jeff, you might want to jump in here too, because um, I, I think we're going to have some issues with some businesses as these subsidies dry up.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Subsidies have, have definitely helped keep people up and running, um, but it's figuring out where you're going to go uh, in the next 18 months and further beyond. What, what changes are permanent? Which ones aren't? Where are your new customers? What are they looking for? And how is your business going to operate? Are, are people going to stay at home Full time are they going to move across the country and continue to work for you um, and things like that and there hasn't been a lot of time to sit back and reflect for a lot of people who, who were reacting um, to it but I think now is the time uh, as we're hopefully coming out of it I, I,
3: would, I would like to add to dolores a little bit though I mean let, let me be clear here we, we are and I think the majority of the uh, the smaller businesses in our industry are and in, will remain in survival mode uh, for, for the foreseeable um, our, our our visibility of customer demand is we is definitely growing there's no doubt it's growing but it's still uh, significantly less than what it was before uh, the pandemic um, as we previously mentioned the supply chain is adding a lot of complexity and cost to our business as well um, and we didn't have quite frankly a lot of time to kind of do the thinking but we had to we had to kind of focus that there so we've used a couple of expressions uh, one is we have to kind of separate the origin from the important mm-hmm. um, so we have to we have to find the time as a as a as a, as a team to, to identify what the important is and then try and bring that into the narrative of everyday operation, in the company. So we have ninety-day plans and ninety-day commitments that we hold ourselves accountable for um, as we as we deal with the urgent. And then the second thing we did is we we talked about we have to be able to think around the corner. So you use a you give me a great example. What happens if you can't get glass? You know, what's your alternate solution? So you have to think around the corner to find that. So um, so another you know we talk about. Um, you know, um, pivot being an overused word. Another overused word is nimble. We've had to be nimble in terms of our ability to execute, but also think. Um, I, I, I bet you the vast majority of your members have had zero time off over the course of the last 18 months. I, I speak personally, I've had one week off, uh, with the exception of public holidays, in the last uh, 20 months. Um, if you try and deal with the urgent versus the important. So I think we, we still are in survival, but the upside is we, we're definitely... Uh, climbing up the mountain as opposed to fall into free fall, which we, we thought we would be in March, 2020. So we're, we, 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 definitely see light ahead of us. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. And that's, um, th- that's good. I think, you know, we've all been so busy putting out fires that it's easy to, to just get caught up in that. And, yeah. um, and you're right. Like so many of our, our members haven't had any time off and they've uh, been working around the clock. And, and honestly, that pace is just not sustainable. It's, um, you know, we, 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 we hear lots of stories about mental health and, and burnout and people just walking away, like walking away from careers and jobs and because it's just too much. And um, and so we we, we got to get better at managing all of it. And you're right. Uh, distinguishing between the urgent and the important is uh, is good advice.
2: Job. Speaking of I- managing, um, you, you tasked me with time management and it looks like we're coming up yeah. on the end of our time here. Uh, I'd like to thank all three of you for telling us your stories. Uh, It's great to connect with our members and get this information out there to help other people. So thank you very much for the great conversation. Uh, Dolores, why don't you let us know what we got coming up next week?
1: Yeah, and and thanks to our panel today. It was a fantastic conversation. I always learn so much. Um, Next week, we're going to have a conversation around, oh, this is going to be good, the state of politics, how the role of politicians has changed, the impact of social media to the role, and just some general observations about what we saw during the recent federal election. Uh, Joining us for the conversation will be Dave Meslin. He's the author of Tear Down, Rebuilding Democracy from the Ground Up, And uh, we're going to have a couple of other uh, surprise guests pop in as well. A couple of local politicians, I I say. Um, To all of our listeners, send us the topics that you're talking about because we want to talk about them too. Thanks again for tuning in and have yourselves a great week.